Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation. It's Caleb and Rhiannon and Adam. Uh, I, it's snowing outside. It is a picturesque Christmas really? Eve. Holy crap! So it's awesome. It looks it looks great out there. But we are so cool. yeah. It's supposed to be fifty six degrees here today, so I would rather have some flurries. I know. Uh, we are recording pretty early in the morning to get this done before christmas festivities so we love you that much podcast listeners you know all four of you i haven't even had coffee yet so i tried to make coffee in my parents coffee pot because i'm at their house i forgot to put the filter in it and created a huge mess in the kitchen then i was like okay got a podcast bye (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my in-laws are here and i uh, they brought some chocolate muffins and I said, hey, the chocolate muffins just kind of, you know, open game. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. And all of a sudden, like four heads popped in the kitchen. Chocolate <laughs> muffins? Awesome. <laughs> so I created a bit of a stir as well before I left for the podcast. We're talking about Hawkeye. Today's episode is just talking about Hawkeye. Because I'm going to just like, oh, Spider-Man Wait. No Way Home made all the money that Good. there is to make. Wait, and first, oh, first yes. congratulations to Adam. Oh, Thank you. yes. I forgot. We already talked about it before you got on. If you guys wow. have not heard, Adam is engaged. She didn't want it to be a big public thing, so let's talk about it on a podcast. Yeah. Oh, she's all right with that. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not like person, like, you know, like it's done and now. She just didn't yeah. want like a in person. Mob. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not a would you, have, would you have done a flash mob? No. No, <laughs> maybe. We got like seven that, people that live in this town. Exactly. Yeah. I'm in Cedar Rapids, man. I could go to the mall and get at least 20. <laughs> awesome. Okay. That now I can have the whole population of the mall, though, man. Malls are... Do you guys have malls still? I mean, are there yeah. actual things in the malls? We have Pretzel Maker. Yeah, we had a shooting at the mall in Durham, North Carolina recently. I mean... Sounds about on brand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, that, yeah. Um, yeah. There's also a mall near my house in Brooklyn. It's very small city point they like there's an elementary that's where dalama draft house is so we have one i feel like it's two things that keep it alive it, it has the high-end stuff so there's okay. like a tiffany's in the bottom of it and there's oh, a, wow. there's an apple store and you know so like if you want to get an iphone it's the only place in the town to like buy directly from apple so that keeps it busy and then the big theaters in it as well so like Every time I go to the mall, it's just people park on the top floor and it's just a steady stream of, you know, straight from the car up to the cinema. So the Cedar Rapids Tiffany's is not in the mall. It is downtown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a joke, guys. Cedar Rapids does not have a Tiffany. Don't have a Tiffany's. I didn't think so. <laughs> I was like, no way. No, it's no. There was Pretzel Maker. There's a. Uh, comic store but it like uh only carries like todd mcfarland's 90s comics and like rob liefeld's young blood um oh. so that's the extent of the comic store in the mall. we we have a newberry comics if you've ever been in new england you maybe seen newberry it's a chain they sell um eight billion funko pops mm-hmm. some records and they have like three disheveled copies of the dark knight rises in the back that's pretty much what exists there Newberry, 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 Newberry is the most New England sounding town name ever. Is it a town? Uh, I think it's named after a street because the big original one, as far as I know, is in Newberry Street in Boston. 
near Fenway Park. Is that Very like high how class the biggest Midtown Comics is in Midtown? <laughs> yeah, Midtown, yeah, Comics, is Midtown, Midtown. Comics is in Midtown, yeah. That's yeah. Nice. I was there Tuesday. <gasps> so I hope it was, you had a good trip. It was nice. Yeah, we were in New York City. Managed to not get COVID, at least as far as I can tell. So my whole family is taking rapid tests this morning, so we don't kill grandma. Yeah. I I think my parents were better or worse at a place where they're like, we don't like I we took some after New York, but now that we've had that all clear, mm-hmm. I think there's a sense of like, hey, we're in this together and we're not skipping Christmas because it's come freaking virus. Like, particularly as this new Omicron seems to be like more tame, I feel like mm-hmm. there is less and less habit, like less and less appetite for for giving up Christmas, you know, for the risk level that's there. Yeah, I just feel like my grandma's very easily killable at this point. She's yeah, because she's she's older years though, old. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents don't care. My parents have had it. So I mean, not Omicron, but yeah. So. All right, cool. So Spider Man made. Uh, so Adam got engaged. Cool. I'm got engaged. By the way, that needs to be the podcast title. Grandma's very easily killable at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Adam got engaged, but no. like the title could be, uh, a, it could be grandma. Grandma is easily killable. Cool. Adam got engaged <laughs> at Hawkeye episode six. There we go. Oh, that's funny. Spider-Man's making all the money. All the money. Which people are wondering why, like that has to just be for clicks AV club. Cause you guys, that is the silliest article I've ever read in any time. I think it was I, AV club. I think I'm surprised at the volume of it. Like, I, I sort of assume this would be like, I don't know, maybe even like an Avengers Age of Ultron kind of level hit or like a Guardians 2 kind of hit. I I did not imagine that we would suddenly return to like, oh, no pandemic at all. Like, because, you know, every movie that's done big, because Black Widow was big, Shang-Chi was bigger, Eternals was big-ish. Mm-hmm. But every time we talked about them, like, yeah, but they're bottom 10 MCU grosses because pandemic. And this came out and people were like, no, nope, pandemic's over. Like, and it came out when the news was rife with like, Omicron is super spreadable. Don't go out. And people were like, I don't care. I'll get the Rona. I want to see Spidey. Like, I was, it was finally what we predicted would happen a year and a half ago, Ryan. And, and it finally happened. Where people said, yeah. screw it, I don't care, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it also proves that people, are, I mean, yeah, people are going to get back to the movies. People want to go to theaters. Yeah. So. I keep thinking about writing an article for Charles Murphy that I never write because I always feel like it's stupid but needs to be said. People go to movies that are good. Like, yeah. if you want to understand the biggest thing that influences box office, make a good movie. And at least from where I sit, if you look at the box office take of all the MCU movies this year and what they brought in, it largely followed based on how good people thought it was. Like, there's no mistake that the cinema scores line up almost exactly with how the movies finished at the box office. The one that got an A+, made a crap ton of money. And the one that got an A, made more money than anybody else. And the one that made an A-, did a little worse. And the one that got a B plus made the least. Like that's I, I I don't know why people are so shocked by movies that people like make money. That seems simple to me, but 
I mean, that has to do with IP too. I mean, Spider-Man is the biggest comic book IP ever made. Yeah. But that'll only get it so far. Like, if there were, there's been other Spider-Man movies that didn't break the bank. Yeah. Mark Webb would suggest uh, that in his career, there was a limit to uh, how much you could make with IP. Yeah. We, we haven't also talked about the fact that now that Andrew Garfield has been in an MCU movie, nostalgia is dementing the minds of many about that oh. that franchise and it's insane i mean people are, are millions of people want more amazing spider-man and it's just insane <laughs> they just need jessica alba or uh who uh shield guy what's michael chiklis to to show up in a movie and everyone's going to be like rise of silver surfer is incredible best movie ever. yeah everyone's gonna be like no no let's let's no well and i've been a little nervous because i've seen you know a lot of people are saying well it was popular because of fan service i think you could argue amazing spider-man 2 was fan service but it sucked like we have the emails to prove that they made amazing spider-man 2 to do all the things their market research suggested people wanted them to do. And it sucked. You know, like you can do what fans want and make a bad movie. So to me, it's not fan service or not fan service. It's competent filmmakers, you know? Yeah. All right. That's really just the appetizer though. Uh, Hawkeye. I assume there are many, many thoughts about the Hawkeye finale. Generally, how did you guys, I, I think we're going to have another Goldilocks and the Three Bears moment, but we'll see. Um, how'd you guys, how did you like the Hawkeye finale? Overall, I actually liked it. Okay. Like, there was a lot to it there. I just feel like they're not, they're, the ending of these stories just feel very like we're building up to a big fight and that big fight is going to be the ending. I feel like there should have been more to it. I feel like there should have been more story to it. I, I, full disclosure, I watched it once very early Wednesday morning and I have not had the chance to go back and rewatch. But, um, you know, I loved a lot of pieces of it. Um, but just going away a little disappointed because of the story aspects. Wilson Fisk is not that easily being. Um, and I don't mean physically, I mean psychologically. Like, he's three steps ahead of everybody. You might have followed me on Twitter. You guys have seen my rants. But he's three steps ahead of everybody. There's no way that it's just like, oh, we have a picture of Wilson with, with the mother. And, you know, therefore, he's behind all this. Therefore, you know, we must go punch him in the face. Like you got to punch Wilson Fisk in the face and he is going to have something set up to divert it and to make you feel bad for punching him in the face. So, um, or shooting him in the face either way. Um, so, you know, like all of that, I'm just kind of disappointed in like the lack of depth, which is pretty much my complaint of all Disney plus shows, not even just the Marvel ones. Um, well, let me, let me jump in there real quick and ask you this, Rhiannon. In six episodes, could they even possibly have done what you would like them to do? Sure. Sure. Okay. I mean, I I always compare this. I mean, like, they're obviously completely different genres of shows and everything. But, like, Chernobyl was five episodes. 
and it is complex and complicated yeah. and you know you get to know a lot of different characters you go in different directions you you know it, it has a lot of stuff so add another episode because Chernobyl didn't have fight scenes and they take up more time um I I do think they could do this in six episodes yes and if they can't why stick to six episodes like no, that's that's totally valid I think last week we were talking like are they gonna wrap it all up in time yeah, I think with this 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 season for whatever it is or isn't, it did wrap up most of its loose ends, which yeah. is something that we didn't always feel like these shows do. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, they kind of wrapped them up, but it felt unfulfilling to me. So that's just where I am. Like I, the individual parts of it, like the owl in the tree, was hilarious, and I honestly just like ached to see the Rockefeller Christmas tree fall. That seemed like the worst solution ever, Kate. Um, I really hated, I I didn't hear any utterance of, okay, this looks bad, which I kind of wanted. Um, But I, overall, I'm not as disappointed with it as I may sound. Mm. Adam, what'd you think, man? I liked it. I enjoyed it. For the life, I don't know why they withhold stuff throughout the episodes just to make a huge finale. I don't know. It just seems like every single finale is rushed. There was one point, I think, when Yelena like came out on the ice, that Kelsey and I looked at each other and I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot going on. You know, like at the same time, Yelena was fighting Clint and uh, Maya was stabbing Kazi in the stomach and Kate was you know, getting punched 50 feet in the air by Kingpin and, and all sorts of stuff. And there was just uh, an incredible amount of stuff going on. I think Echoes was probably the weakest of it all. I don't know kind of what happened there. It seems like they wanted to tell other stuff. And then once they got... So the interesting thing is uh, Mr. D'Onofrio signed on board after Hawkeye had already started filming um by like a month and a half to two months so i'm assuming the scripts um kind of left the big guy in limbo right is it going to be kingpin is it going to be tombstone is it going to be madam mask or, or something um and once i'm not sure if it was netflix rights or contract negotiations or what um once that got figured out they they decided on kingpin so maybe that's cause for some of the issues that they had to set the season up based I mean, largely on the reveal. Do you think we would have Kingpin if they had not decided to have an Echo show? Maybe it was after Maya got in there, or not not Maya, um, Alakwa got in there, and they decided to do the Echo spinoff that they were, or, you know, that they were related? Maybe. That could be it. Maybe, and maybe that's exactly the reason that they said, well, I mean, you know, we could at least set Kingpin up there because certainly they didn't give, they didn't give our boy justice in the series. That's for sure. Um, See, I I almost wonder if they knew they needed like a criminal, they're like, we're going to throw one of our criminal characters, the big bad, but it's not really about them. We just need somebody who's in the criminal underworld. And then when things went well with Charlie and negotiations with Charlie, <clears throat> that's when they chose to do Kingpin. Because then they knew they could set it up for Daredevil. Do we even know 
anything about the tracksuit mafia. Like, I still don't understand why these are a threat big enough for Clint to have cared. Does that make sense? Oh, it's it's all about his identity and keeping his family secret. That's the threat. Oh. Weak. I mean, weak that you just had to explain that to me. I... I think if that had been like more of the message, you know, if there had been some little heartfelt moment, like, no, I can't go back to my family because maybe that was in there. I don't know. I mean, to me, the first episode was about, I've got to recover that this watch and the tracksuit mafia was after the watch. And then midway through the season, echo has the watch at her place. And that freaks out Matt and him and his wife were always talking about the watch and then the last scene of the whole season was him giving the watch to her. Like to me, all of that stuff lined up pretty clearly. I was watching on the live video. I just became a who. <laughs> of who. <laughs> I, you know, I agree that they wrapped up everything they needed to wrap up. It was just, there was a lot. And, you know, I mean, then that's the thing. Maybe it's, you know, I've watched it a time and a half just to uh, watch the bits I wanted to watch and Kingpin's fascination with car doors. Um, I don't know. It just, it just feels like, I don't want to say a finale problem, but that's what it feels like. I haven't been thrilled. I haven't loved um, any finale yet, man. I don't know what the deal is. Well, so the funny thing about it is I did love the finale. Like, For me, it was all perfect because you had all those different strands and I am a sucker for the big finale where every, everybody shows up, particularly like when you have to be incognito to me, they brought in the Elena stuff. They brought in the tracksuit stuff. They brought in Kingpin. They took care of um, Kate's mom. They brought swordsmen in, they brought the LARPers in and like, they all had something to do and they all fit in and they all were part of the story. Um, and then they just ticked off all the boxes to me. There was the emotional payoff on a lot of the stuff. Clint and Yelena had the moment they needed to have echo and Kazi had the moment they needed to have Kate. Um, we had coming back to the flicking stuff. Rhiannon, you said like teaching her how to flick the quarter needed to come back. It did. We got our kingpin reveal. We got her and her mom to have, I thought, a really interesting final discussion that was not like all sappy, but was like pretty real to what's going on. Uh, All the mysteries got solved. And then on top of it, we got a huge trick arrow scene, which to me, if you're going to do a Hawkeye show, you got to have fun trick arrows. Like, and so uh, to me, it was just really like, our living room was a micro version of Spider-Man. Everything that kept happening, somebody in the room was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, we were just like, I don't know. Uh, to me, it, it is definitely popcorn-y. Like, it's like a blockbuster movie kind of finale. But to me, it, it wrapped all the things together, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they do. I think it's one of their strongest finales or their strongest finale. I just... It was still shallow. I do love Jack's conclusion. I mean, we knew Jack yeah. was a good guy all along, right? 
I would love for him. I was hoping I was going to like bet a substantial amount of money that the post credit scene, which I didn't care for, which Rihanna probably loved and endured. No, she didn't. Oh, okay. No, Um, everyone I know that loves musical theater hated that post credit scene. Just because it kind of mocks it. Like it kind of. Yeah. 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 It's just awful. That's not what musicals should be. Who was the guy they kept showing? Is that some like Broadway guy or something? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't recognize him. He looks familiar to me, but I didn't recognize him. I didn't I didn't understand it as this is what a good Broadway play is like. I yeah. understood it as this is what a Marvel Broadway play would be like because that's kind of what Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark was, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> I never got to see it. Yeah. Darn. I've I've seen stuff online. It was the YouTubes that I have seen of it that suggest that's pretty much what that show was. Right. Yeah. But no, I was betting we would get like the swordsman classic swordsman costume and like the LARPing scene or something with Jack just LARPing LARPing. <gasps> that, that would have been, been so fun, cool. Which just would have been a nice little thing. But maybe Jack would be a great we'll LARPer. For, he would be an amazing LARPer. I, uh, Jack's banter with Armand the Seventh was probably my favorite part of the finale too. <laughs> I thought they played well. You know your expectation. I don't know why this is probably something wrong with us as people, but like whenever there's like a stepdad scene, like you sort of assume the stepdad's going to be a problem, and so the way they like use that natural momentum in their favor. So it was like, no, the mom was the problem the whole time. The stepdad was fine. He was just trying too hard. You know, like, I thought that was pretty, pretty clever. You guys disappointed that the dead father didn't come into play in some way? Oh, yeah. Like, he was a really lot of people thought he was alive. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt like that was something people just sort of, people were looking for something. But All right, I feel like we should talk about Fisk a little more. Because, it, well, in as much as, there's a lot of talk about the Netflix characters, about Charlie. I mean, there wasn't enough Charlie Cox and Spider-Man No Way Home to know what they're doing with it. Mm-hmm. But this gives us a sense of how they're bringing in these characters. And in my mind, it's as, it's what it's exactly what I said it would be. It is completely unclear. It is meant to be so ambiguous that you could have read this Either the, oh, this totally confirms that Netflix is canon way, or you could have read it as, oh, this episode was a big kiss off to say goodbye to all the Marvel TV stuff. Like, I understand why people make both of those interpretations of what happened in this episode, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the showrunner said it would be perfectly clear if this was canon. And I'm like, no. Like, it, it was not perfectly clear. Like, evidently the cufflink was there. I missed it on my first watch. Um, I, and that was the only reason I was kind of upset. I was like, use your words. You know, like if, if, if you're trying to make it clear that this is continuity, use your words um, and make it clear. I, yeah. I mean, my gut instinct was there is a scene that shot over his shoulder looking at Kate's mom early mm-hmm. in the episode. And I just looked at the way Wilson's suit jacket fit his body. Mm-hmm. And I'm like a man that dressed the way the Netflix Kingpin dressed 
does not wear something that shabbily tailored. And it's not even like a wealth thing. It's just yeah. a, it's just that you, you get a suit that's cut to your body the right way. And this kingpin is a little bit like sweaty crime boss living above a Chinese restaurant. Like, I don't know. There To me, this kingpin is not, my gut instinct watching it, this is not the same kingpin. I think yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio is using a similar backstory and a similar like childhood to emotionally ground the character. But to me, it's not the same Kingpin at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you hit it on right there. I mean, people, the clothes, the clothing choices for Wilson Fisk, like now, if this was some other character, like if Foggy Nelson was there and he had on different clothing, like who cares? Like, yeah. So much of the plot around Kingpin was what he chose to wear. You know, he, it was a very deliberate progression from black to white. And it was always that he was very, you know, well put together. If this is the same Kingpin, the only explanation is that the blip, you know, he had all that extra time in the blip and just changed, you know, and, no longer care so much about how he looks but yeah i noticed the pants like everybody was distracted by the hawaiian shirt of course um which i don't care if that was in a comic i just want to like i do not care if something showed up in a comic it needs to make sense when they put it in a show and wearing a hawaiian shirt in manhattan on christmas does not make sense for kingpin um unless you give it context like give me some there again you know put some story around it i'll then i'll care and i hear somebody said that they thought they saw like a hawaiian themed party that he was near something in the background but like give it real context but the pants he's wearing was dressed like a luau yeah but yeah yeah the pants he was wearing weren't tailored at all either. Like he's wearing like awful pants. I, I it was just bad. So guys, if Clint Barton loses his family and that drives him to murder hundreds of people, what if? I mean, why wouldn't losing Vanessa drive Kingpin? to to not care about his suave looks and stuff so i mean we're talking yeah he last appeared in 2018 right and this scene is five six years later we don't know when hawkeye takes place it's late 2023 so i mean a lot of stuff can happen in in five years it's just frustrating that they give their showrunners and directors and creatives these talking points and they say it'll be expressly clear. There was zero Daredevil references. Um, the cufflink did go flying through the air, and it was the same exact cufflink. But I mean, is that is that the key? And and Marvel Studios will refuse because it's it's you know Disney product cannibalism. You know, Kevin Feige is probably under a, a what do you call it a gag order not to say that stuff's not canon because maybe they have um something licensed internationally or something right and they just they know how toxic the fandom can be and they just won't care about it because it's not canon some who tweeted about it so i was on a podcast this week and someone was saying that they didn't watch daredevil because daredevil wasn't canon 
Um, I mean, that's that's more common. You know, that's probably more common than we we think. I mean, we all watch Daredevil. Yeah. I, um, I, but the so I agree with you, Adam, that this could be Kingpin that's evolved over six, five or six years or whatever. Or devolved, Brian. <clears throat> that that's just when I say it's a different Kingpin. I'm I, I mean either it's a totally different one or that it's one that has been significantly changed by the events that have right. transpired in between. But it's definitely the last one. His fastidiousness was like mm-hmm. his core thing. If you think about it, when you think about Netflix Kingpin, how about you? The first thing that I think of is him carefully cracking an egg and making a perfect French omelet with just the right amount of like that whole thing where he would make breakfast was all about, mm-hmm. I have a routine. I have a sense of order. I make sure everything is in its perfect place. My suits are perfectly like put into my closet. Like the idea that he was going to strangle control from the life of chaos that he had as a child, like that's his thing. And this is a character who does not care about control, who's a little bit more of a chaotic rage monster. And I think it's interesting. I'm fine with that, a different version of the Kingpin. I just think the core characteristics are pretty different than what we saw in the Netflix show. I mean, can, can we diagnose that from one episode? I mean, we, we, yeah. we saw the guy in just a few scenes. Let me put this I'm, way. I'm not seeing the guys you guys did. If... If we can't, if those things aren't important, if the way that his suits are tailored don't matter, if the way that he goes about his activities don't matter, then they're they're not writing it very carefully. Like I, I just I don't know. I think good writers pay attention to that kind of crap. And I think that the the Vincent that we saw in the Netflix show, I think they were very intentional about their choices about how he did things and what he did. The whole snow painting. That was like a key motif in his thing through seasons one through three of Netflix. That painting is about someone who has an inner life of chaos that is deeply seeking order. This kingpin lives in a messy, crazy warehouse. Like it's just different, you know? We're not sure if he lives there or if he works there, but I mean, everything you guys are explaining make perfect sense as to why he lost Vanessa somehow. I mean, the super strength, I could see he got sent to the raft or whatever, and was rubbing elbows with the MCU's cotton mouth or some D list villain. And then he got in bed with through the grapevine, got in bed with the people over who were the, the flag smashers or whatever. I mean, why wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that Kingpin lost Vanessa and would want to get her back or get back at the people that killed her or whatever, so he took super soldier serum or something? Well, right? but, I mean, but I, here's the thing. It makes sense I mean, character-wise. We had a chance for them to reveal stuff like that. They clearly did not. I mean, during the fight, there's plenty of times during fights in Daredevil where between punches, he's like, you don't know what I've gone through. You know, like he could have easily just like between beating up Maya been like, you think you can beat me, you know, I've blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and done stuff to reveal that background. And they didn't do it, which to me, I'm with Caleb. I'm like, well, I mean, obviously they had writers that were hired that never knew they were going to be putting words in Fisk's mouth. Um, you know, who knows how much they knew about the character other than, you know, here's a big guy that's going to be our villain um so i don't know i i think there were things they could do the fact that we're having to sit here and speculate 
little stuff that could have been revealed is a weakness of the show. Well, I mean, no, I, no, I, I agree. And the bigger see, problem yeah, would be like, I don't know if it's a weakness ahead. though. I'm, I'm okay with the, I like this new version. I think it's interesting. I think it's fascinating to give us a different approach. Like as long as you're not tied to, it has to be like the Netflix version. I don't see why it's a problem for this one to be a different kingpin. Well, and I think I think this one, I mean, I totally agree with Adam. This one can be the Netflix kingpin. It can be that he's so. had six, seven years of hell, you know, and even D'Onofrio said that he played it as he's scrambling back to right. where he was. You know, he's trying to retake control. He's He's trying to get back to what he was. So... I look forward to seeing that in the future, hopefully, you know, seeing it spelled out more, but these shows haven't given me any hope that we're going to get that sort of explanation. Uh, I mean, so the echo episode, they did a pretty good job giving us echoes background and, and life, Mm -hmm. didn't they? Like, is there any reason to believe they could? A little bit. I still don't understand the tracksuit mafia. Why do people belong? What does their MO? Are they really just, thugs that go and steal stuff unlike the netflix show that was like they're serbian they have to be part of the serbian mm-hmm. mafia. <laughs> mafia. I, I get it it's true the biggest question i had was where the thousands of tracksuit mafia members came from that we hadn't seen throughout the series yeah. since we saw the same group of like six of them but to be fair, there was more of them than there was ninjas on the roof in season two of Daredevil. True. So at least they gave me some freaking stakes instead of like, ooh, the black swan or whatever she was called, black sky. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have the big fight. Oh wait, we could only hire 14 ninjas like that. <laughs> the show had a lot more budget though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right, right. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things I thought about Fisk, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, why is this fist different from like a creative side? Mm-hmm. So the the fist in Netflix, we meet him and he is killing someone in a dark park down by the river with a car door at night where nobody can see. Right? This fist is trying to kill a college girl inside of FAO Schwartz at Rockefeller Center. And I was like, that is so different. And then I kid you not, in my mind, I said, this is like a kingpin who thinks he can kill someone in the middle of Main Street and no one would care. And I thought then to where I've heard phraseologies like that. And I cannot help Uh but think the way that our political world has become sort of shameless to where people think they can do anything and get away with it and nobody cares. I cannot help but think, particularly given his political proclivities, that Vinny D has not reworked this character a little bit mm-hmm. to take into account the changed political social culture that this kingpin lives in compared to what existed in 2015. Does that make sense? Like to me, that speaks to a lot of the changes that they've made. Absolutely. Um, but Daredevil season three, they were also making that analogy. They, Eric yeah. Olson uh, yeah. came straight out and, you know, uh, he never named names, but, you know, right. 
he, he was very open about the fact that that was part of the message yeah uh and the personification of kingpin so no that but i think a little bit you were saying Rhiannon, like the three steps ahead thing if you live in a world where there's enough at least modicum of decorum that you have to hide the evil things you do you probably act different than in a world where you can just do evil things and nobody cares and to me that's a fascinating difference in these kingpins that i'm seeing yeah i i like it for the bad guys to have to be three steps ahead to succeed I want them. I want the bad guys to have to. Have you looked at our world? You can be a real (laughs) incompetent idiot and get ahead nowadays. (laughs) I know. I know. This is no longer my complaints about the show. (laughs) It's the world. Uh, um, You know, also the Bob, the, um, the mockingbird reveal on the shield watch. That was another perfect example. If you are a, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not canon person, as I am. You go, oh, see, she's the Agent 19 in this universe. Mm-hmm. But if you're an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stand, you can go, no, Agent 19 is a title, and even Mockingbird is a title. And so Laura was the Mockingbird Agent 19. And then when she retired, Bobby Morris took over on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as the Agent 19. Mock- like, both of those, I think, are totally legit interpretations and I think they purposely made it so that you could feel either way about it. Totally. Which is a disaster because there right. are people in my DMs whose lives literally depend on canon. And I do not know how we got to this point, but it's sad. And they really honestly do need help. And I don't know what to do anymore about this canon talk because they're too cowardice to even discuss it. they're proud for the brand i keep getting this internet as unstable thing and the whole canon stuff is so freaking annoying because everything should be canon because there's a damn multiverse so why can't everything be canon and blah 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 but then you have the mcu people that are pissed off because they don't want agents of shield to be in the same universe and of course they don't want inhumans to be in the same continuity but inhumans could be on earth 1,005,072 so we can just brush that away but whatever you know Well, and just to get serious for a moment like I want to jump off something you said Adam I've said this on Twitter and we really believe this is a show like people are getting so upset we just want to like Mm. remember like they are fictional characters on fictional TV shows we know that you love them and care about them But, but seriously for your own mental health like if this gets so bad that it's like ruining your life and causing depression and anxiety, just, you know, you're, you're too important as a, as a person to let something fictional ruin your life. So, you know, I'm not telling you what to love or not love, but we want you to be healthy listeners. Like if this thing gets so bad that like you're not able to eat because you're worried about if Bobby Morris is really mockingbird or not, that is, that's concerning to me. Like I, I want you to have a happy life and, not to let the Twitter fight like ruin it, you know. I'm just gonna give that a second there, but <laughs> um, I, I do feel that we're at this point in society where, like, everybody you know, a lot of people have been very isolated, yeah, and they've been isolated with these things they love, and you know, 
time is weird but didn't we get like a half season of agents of shield during the pandemic yeah like something for people to latch on to and sort of grab on to so it's it's a little bit crazy that people have i mean i mean not crazy like i understand how those attachments happen i agree with you it's probably escapism like you know it 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 it, it's un healthy when you're at this point i don't understand why things being canon have to be that important other than if it's you only think it'll come back or has any chance of that stuff happening if it's canon that's the only reason that to me canon should ever be important to people like if you think bobby morse from agents of shield is going to pop up um and guys i mean two years ago that's what i've i've been trying to dig this up Two years ago, our buddies over at Murphy's Multiverse were super snarky about the idea of Daredevil ever coming back, ever being part of the canon, ever being part of the MCU. No way that could ever happen. I don't understand the complete dismissal that the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. people, if Kevin Feige wanted them, won't pop up in some way. I mean, I, I I don't understand the complete dismissal of the Shield fans yeah. and all of this. Other than that, yes, some people are very attached to their characters and all that. But I I people laughed at the idea of Daredevil coming back, like everybody's laughing at Shield fans now. And I just urge everybody to step back. And I mean, we just got the three Spider Men. We just got like anything is possible. Yeah. And I, you know, maybe a little bit of like kindness and consideration towards those people and would be a good start. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you're right. After no way home, like anything could happen. And, and it's weird because it's a both and, you know, like we talked about this with Venom last week. Mm-hmm. Venom's appearance in Spider-Man No Way Home completely in a way decanonized him and that it completely mm-hmm. proved he is not the MCU Venom but it also canonized him and that he is part like he at least had a, a moment of being part of the MCU storyline and could blip back into this universe and so yeah like it, it's kind of both like Adam says like everything is canon in a way but also that not everything's in this main MCU storyline, but most of all, just like, I don't know, take it in stride. Just remember these things are meant to be fun. And that's the thing. Right. And Canon, I mean, the shows exist. I mean, Daredevil still exists. You can watch all three episodes of Daredevil right now, you know, and if it, if it's determined someday that it's not Canon and this Kingpin's new and Matt Murdoch's new, Netflix is still going to have all three seasons that you can watch and you can see those characters again, right? Well, and I think that's what, like, I I mean, from the Save Daredevil side, we have never cared if Daredevil was canon. Like, like I speak as, like, you know, some of the people behind it, like, give us, we want more Daredevil, but we don't care if it's a Marvel Studios, Disney Plus, this world over here interacting with Clint Barton and... Spider-Man, like, we would have been fine with the same show never referencing the blip going on, on, you know, somewhere else completely separate. In fact, I think some 
people would prefer that because of what it takes to make it part of the canon. Um, so, so that's where I just sort of have a hard time understanding why it matters so much that it's canon, other than it appears that it has to be canon for those characters to show up. Right. I would say too, like we talked about how for me, this Kingpin's different. I love that I get to see Vincent D'Onofrio explore some more you know like in some ways it gives him freedom to maybe try some things that he felt like he couldn't try in a previous incarnation and that's that's interesting to me you know did you like the hawaiian shirt it was fine it was very off-putting from what i expected um what i like about this kingpin the physical invulnerability thing which i do feel like like Adam said, maybe he was experimented on in the five years since we've seen him and that's why it's happening. To me, it's a difference, but it's a fascinating difference because I just think really naturally somebody who can get hit by a car and get back up goes about life differently than someone who can't get hit by a car and get back up. And the idea of like, what would his psyche do if he knew that he physically was not at risk? That to me makes him interesting because he'll probably take risks he wouldn't take before. And that to me is interesting. Um, I do think there's a desperation in this Kingpin and you know, like his, his backstory Vincent gave on Twitter of like, he's like trying to regain his empire after losing it. That's really fascinating to me because that's what in the show we started with a really in, in the Netflix show, we had a very put together Kingpin that, daredevil starts to ruin everything and you see like his anger and his rage come out as he loses control having somebody who starts at a place of no control is really interesting and really different and i'm cool with different like i like seeing different takes on stuff you know and to me the hawaiian shirt is part of that at this point he can't be he knows he's not a respected businessman anymore so what the heck whatever i'm gonna stop being so worried about my suits and i'm just gonna get the job done you know I mean, yeah, yeah. It also goes to show just how collaborative Marvel Studios is, right? Because if you go to comicbook.com, you will find out that that um, cover has been on his computer background since he was first cast, or it's been on there for since the Netflix show. And he said, hey, Kevin, can I wear this during my appearance on Hawkeye? And Kevin said, sure. Yep. And so they gave it to him. So, I mean, actors do have some, you know, kind of sort of leeway, right? But should they? I mean, I feel like this is one where Kevin should have been like, eh, maybe not this show because it takes place at Christmas. And a showrunner should have been like, hmm, I'm not sure that this fits. Like, anyways. The cinematic so universe has built itself on teases, right? I mean, it's just built itself on... After WandaVision, everyone's like, you know what? Age of Ultron's not bad. You know? It's just that type of stuff. We get to Echo, and now we're going to look back on Hawkeye. It's like, okay, now we make... Like, if if they explain it in Hawkeye, which I assume... Or if they explain it in Echo, which I assume, since they all read Twitter and all that stuff, I'm sure they're reworking stuff in the Echo's writer's room as we speak. Um, You know, I don't know. I'm just kind of to the point where... Go ahead. The part that makes sense to me, Rhiannon, is this is the tracksuit mafia kingpin. And yeah. they all, they've had kind of a goofy shtick to them 
So the idea that a kingpin that's hanging out with guys who say bro all day long, like, I don't know, to me, that does sort of fit. Like, if he was the same kingpin, you'd be like, why is this, like, Gucci-dressed dude hanging out with a bunch of guys in tracksuits, you know? I see this kingpin say bro. Like, very condescendingly. Yeah. Like, Just do what you're to told, bro. Bro. Yeah. That's what I want. All right. Well, we still have something else to do. So thanks for listening to the show, guys. Happy holidays. Thanks for being here and listening. Um, we'll be back next year. I don't know when. We'll probably take a little break for, the, for you know, us to travel and enjoy our families and stuff like that. But thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you later.